Hey friends, and welcome to The Shadow Show, where we shed light on the everyday woman. I'm your host, Emma Danzi, and I'm dedicated to bringing you real-life stories and interviews with everyday women. So let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode four. Today's guest is one of my best friends, Jennifer Knight. Jen is a first grade teacher living in Richmond, Virginia, or to be more specific, Midlothian. She is a wife, a dog mom, and a prayer warrior. Jen was a college roommate of mine for two years, and we have known each other very well. (laughs) And you'll probably notice that in this podcast. Sometimes people say that we talk alike and think that we're actually sisters, so that's really cool. Jen has one of the most positive attitudes I've ever seen, and she is such a grateful woman. So now it's time to welcome one of my favorite people, Jennifer Knight. Hey, Jen, welcome to The Shadow Show. Hi, Emma. I'm so happy to be here. We're glad to have you. How are you doing today? I'm good. What are you doing? Well, I'm about to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hanging out with my little husky. So a little husky. Yeah. Your husky. How old is your husky now? He is one and a half. Yeah. Wow. And would you tell everyone your dog's name? His name is Major. Major. So you are an official dog mom. I am. (laughs) So do you like it? Are you tired of it? How do you feel? I love being a dog mom. Um, I I always tease. I'm a teacher too. So I always tease my husband like when I'm on summer break, <laughs> like I'm a stay at home dog mom. <laughs> um, and I love it. It's he's always here when I like whenever I am. Um, and so it's nice kind of having company and he's such a little sweetheart. Um, we call him our sweet potato because he's our little couch potato and he's a little sweet. So, cute. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yes. cute. Yeah. See, I'm the kid person. I would rather hang out with cute kids than cute dogs. Probably. That's my thing. Yeah. But he's so cuddly. You just can't handle it. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And we have a sweet dog too. Um, just, she has to be tired to want to cuddle and that's the part I like. So (laughs) it makes it a little harder, but it's all good. Yeah. We, we've trained major to be. (laughs) So where did you get the name major? How did y'all decide on that? Um, my husband Cody decided that it would be a cute kid name. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe we'll name our dog that. And so we ended up naming our dog that. It just fit. Whenever we met him um, and decided to get him, we just, like, tried out the name, and it just stuck. It was perfect for him. So Cute. I was there when Major was just a couple months old. I remember. Yeah. What has been the hardest thing about being a dog mom? And then what's been the most rewarding? Um, the most, I'll start with the most rewarding. The most rewarding is just seeing how he's kind of grown. He's, he's kind of our baby. So, (laughs) um, just seeing how he's grown and how he, um, how we've trained him and kind of what his personality is and just having him always greet us and be excited to be with us and, um, just kind of being the alphas in the family and just him knowing like he's ours and that's sweet. Um, but the hardest thing when I'm home alone for a while and he gets crazy. <laughs> oh, so 
when he has a lot of energy, it's hard since he is a husky. He has a lot of it. We'll just usually play with him and let it out and then it's okay. Do you have to walk him like a certain amount of day or he just. Since. No, since he's a husky, we're very blessed. He's a very chill one. He has so much fur that we can't walk him in the summer. Oh my he, gets, he gets overheated really quick. So <laughs> we like walk a little bit and then he's like dead. Not really, but like he's done. <laughs> so we, in the fall and winter though, and in the spring, we like going on little family walks, but we don't really have to walk him a certain amount. Um, I don't think. If we do, someone should probably let me know. But <laughs> <laughs> we play with him and we run around with him. So he gets exercise. Yeah, I feel like Daisy, she's a German Shepherd, anybody listening, she has to have like three walks a day or she is not chill. Like she has so much mental energy that has to be burned or else she'll be off the wall. Yeah, that's what Major was as a puppy. But now we've trained him to have movie days. (laughs) That's really good. Daisy just barks at the TV like a crazy person and collects rocks. So. But they're yeah. little, they're cute little friends. They are cute friends. I loved it when we had a play date when you came through. Yeah. Um, Jen, would you like to tell our listeners where you live? I live in Midlothian, which is right outside of Richmond, Virginia. So we are in Virginia, in the capital, kind of. Sweet. We love it. Yes. And you are also not only a dog mom but as you mentioned a teacher yeah so why don't you tell everyone what grade you teach and um, just maybe some tips for the upcoming school year um okay for teachers or for parents both okay so I teach first grade so my kids are still excited to learn and um (laughs) still learning like school rules and things so it's (laughs) It's a balance of um, learning how to be at school still as well as learning the curriculum. So it's challenging, but it's a lot of fun, um, and they make it fun. But some tips, um, I guess, for teachers and parents is I um, just – I have to pray every morning um, just for God to – take over my day and to take over the classroom and just um, be involved in everything that I do. Because even though they're in my classroom, God put me there. And so Mm -hmm. um, I just, whenever I give it to him, my day goes so much smoother because it's not on me. And um, I just have to do what he asks of me, which is to be teaching these kids. And the pressure's kind of off because I know that he's got it in his hands and that he's leading my steps um, through teaching these kids. And for parents, too, it's so important just to be praying for your teachers and your child's teacher and that classroom as well as, and the students around them because the kids directly impact your child as well. It's not like they're a little independent island. Um, so just prayer is one of the most important things mm-hmm. um, that I've found. Um, and then consistency is really important too. In my classroom, we have to do things a certain way and we practice it until we get it right because um, those like little consistent expectations turn into habits, which make the classroom go so much smoother. But you can tell as well if a student's home life is not very consistent because 
they come in off, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's thrive on that consistency. And so if you can set a good bedtime routine or a good morning routine um, that is not rushed, it would be very helpful for the kids as well, because then they kind of know what to expect in the morning and then they know what to expect at school for the most part. And it just makes them feel safe and loved and um, they're more willing to be learning. Um, That's they have those things. I guess this is more for teachers because as parents, you love your kids, but just loving them um, and loving on them. Learning is so important, but you need to love them and to um, show them that they matter to you and they matter to your class and um, they matter to their classmates. And that makes them feel safe and loved and part of a team. And then they want to be learning and motivated to do that. And so I always have to remind myself that at the beginning of the year, like, yes, the academics are so important, but I need to develop relationships with these kids and I need to show them that I love you and I am for you and I am fighting right alongside you to learn these mm-hmm. things. Um, and that those relationships are very important. Yeah. I wish I, I had you as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. You and my sister. So what would you tell to teachers coming back into the school year and either are in a new grade or a new class, or maybe it's their first year teaching and they just feel overwhelmed with just the amount of things that need to get done before school starts. <laughs> oh gosh, that's every teacher. Um, <laughs> Do you um, all feel that way every yes. year? Yes. <laughs> just, I take things one step at a time. Um, I am by no means an expert. This is, I'm going into my fourth year teaching. Um, so the first year was kindergarten and then I've taught first grade for two years. And so this will be my third year of first grade. Um, and so I feel pretty comfortable, but there's every year there's something else you want to implement and do to do something better. So I, I just make a list and I check it off and, um, I just always have to remind myself too, like not everything's going to get done because I could spend my whole life in my classroom and not be a hundred percent finished. Um, like there's always something you can do better and something that you can do that, um, that would make it, um, more engaging for the students, but just kind of taking it one step at a time and just knowing when to say, okay, I can do that tomorrow. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yes, boundaries. (laughs) Yes. 100% because you do not want to get burnt out because that's not good for you and it's not good for your students. Have you been burnt out? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk about I that. I think first year teachers definitely get burnt out. And I think in a new grade, you get burnt out as well. But you just need to rest. Um, my second year teaching was my hardest. Um, my students, that group was just very hard. Um, and administration was great in helping. But it got to the point where they were like, uh, we don't know what else you can do. Um, because... Man. They were just, it was rough. I remember Um, that group. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cried a lot. But um, just knowing kind of like I, one of my goals the next year was to leave at a certain time so I could get home to my family and spend time with them and prioritize myself and my husband and our relationship. Um, Because even though teaching is so important and it's, what God, God has called me to. Um, I also like, he's called me to be a wife as well. And so I need to <laughs> prioritize that and I can't 
I can't be a good wife or a good teacher if I am not taking care of myself. So, yes, that's so good. That's such a good word. You got to have margin. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So do you have a story of maybe a really difficult student that you had that maybe something really great happened with them? It could have taken all year, but it could just be a small thing. But what's something that you want to share maybe of a a cool story? And you don't need to name names or anything. No, I will not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have had a couple students where I've seen success for them, but um, one in particular, um, I had this past year, he um, at the beginning of the year would literally would run away. He would run out of my classroom. <laughs> um, and it took me three months for him to kind of be comfortable in the classroom. But we got there. And because of him not really acclimating well to the classroom and just it's hard for him to um, be comfortable with new people. Um, I got really close with mom. <laughs> we talked a lot, which was really helpful. And she was very supportive. Like maybe like six months into the school year, he hugged me one day and I was shocked, like literally <laughs> could not speak. I was like, what just happened? This sweet little little guy just like hugged me and he like was not. And he, then he just like went on his bus. And then from then, like um, when after he started I think like accepting me and knowing that like I was there for him and I was not going to leave and I was not going to give up on him. He started making a little more progress. And I know his like mom and his grandmother were working a lot with him at home as well. But just seeing him growing in the classroom and like growing from home, it was really rewarding. Just kind of knowing that we were making a difference in this child's life. So (laughs) Yeah. That's so special. Yeah. Well, and I think that applies to everything, you know, not just teaching, but when you get a challenge in front of you, it may not change overnight, but how we're supposed to just be faithful each day with what's in front of us and, and God's going to do the work and, and we've got to do our part, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not completely on us. Like you really just had to trust that the Lord was going to work, but while you were faithful in what you were doing, getting to be a part of seeing this young man, you know, grow up a little bit and, and just help him, you know, whatever the challenges that maybe you have as a listener that you just think, oh, this is not going to change. Well, maybe it's in process and you and I just think, oh, we're just stuck in this spot, but it's all a part of a bigger picture. And I think that's really cool that you kind of had that school year each year to kind of show you that it's amazing to see how a student can go from the beginning of the year all the way to the end and grow so much. And you get to witness that and play a role in that. So I think that's awesome. I, um, yes. And it's funny you mentioned like every school year. Um, I heard from a friend's mom who was a teacher. She said, Um, teaching is so unique because you literally get a fresh start every year as well. Like I get a whole new Mm. group of students and I get a whole new different, like I can try different things and do things differently that didn't work the year before because I have a fresh start. So it's, it's encouraging for any teacher really that had a bad year because your next year it's a fresh start and you can start new and um, 
it's just really cool with that as well. Yeah, that's unlike any other job for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just the long-term impact that teachers have, whether positive or negative, you know, it's just, it's amazing that you can think back to all your teachers in school and remember certain things about them. And I may not ever be able to say what that teacher taught me, but I can tell you if they loved me well. And Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what you're saying is you're there to love them and support them and help them to be the best they can be. And I just appreciate that. My, my kindergarten teacher just retired in May and somehow somebody stumbled upon me on Facebook and sent me a message because they saw that I might be a student of hers and I live in a different state now. So she's in Georgia And I got to write an email and my mother got to write an email to her that would be a part of this huge booklet of gratitude for what she's done. And I'm 25. So that was 20 years ago. And just to be able to say how a lot of people may not think that kids remember a lot from kindergarten, but how much I remember from her class and the impact she made on me. So I just want to say thank you for what you're doing and to all the teachers You may not know the impact right now, but it could come back in 20 years and someone could say thank you because you were the one that they remember the most and love the most. So, Aw, thank you, Emma. You're welcome. It's true. It's true. So on this side, I I teach music for daycare children and I kind of hop around and I'm just getting acclimated with this job of mine and I love it. But what would you want us to know about teachers? What is something you wish people knew to help us have a better understanding as we prepare for the school year of our teachers and the faculty at the schools that we are going to encounter this school year? Um, all right. So I think one of the, one of the things that people, including my husband, <laughs> um, <laughs> will talk about is that, oh, you have like two or three months off. Like, that's great. Um, yes, we do have a little bit of time off, but it doesn't mean that we're done. A lot of us are still doing professional development and mm-hmm. um, furthering ourselves and um, creating different things for our classroom and looking up different ways to do things. And so like, even though, yes, we are off and it is amazing and it is such a wonderful perk of our job. Um, We still are working. So, so, and we work hard to get our classrooms set up. Just knowing that like, we haven't just been sitting on our butts all summer. Like we are still here for your students and we want the best for them all the time. And something that I always try to emphasize to my parents is that I can't do it without them. They are so important and so vital to their child's success because I can read with them maybe, I mean, this depends on your school, but for my my students, depending on their reading level, I read with them anywhere from one to five times a week. Wow. So for 20 minutes in a group. So it's very rare that I get to sit with one child and like really sit and read with them and just them. We are trained to work in groups. And we do teach them a lot of things in those 20 minutes. But if you sit with your kid and let them read to you while you're making dinner, or if you sit on the couch or before bedtime, that's so important. Just in them knowing that you value their education as well as 
getting them that extra practice time, regardless of just academics, just know you're, if I know that my parents are supporting me in the decisions that I make for their children and that they're trusting me because they know that I love that child and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them to where they need to be. That's so important as well. And just knowing that your teachers do not want to be mean or anything to your kids. Like we are doing everything that we do for them because we love them so much. Um, And like their kids are our kids. So like my, my kids are literally, I'm always like, Oh yeah, my kids. Like I don't even say, I say my kids and I, I proudly show off my 18 to 22 kids, however many I have in my Mm. class um, to anyone that wants to to look. So, um, and Like, I love going to their baseball games or their basketball games or dance recitals. And, like, we want to know about those things, too. Do you Uh, do that? I Sometimes. That's so special. I've been to some football games. Um, It's hard on the weekends because of um, some other things that I volunteer with. But I at least want to see pictures (laughs) if I can't go. Um, That's great. Yeah. And it helps with some of the harder kids if they – are not really bonding with you or they're kind of a behavior problem. That's especially when we want to know what they love because we can integrate it into the classroom. So if they oh, love football, smart. we're going to be reading about football. <laughs> if they love snakes, we will read about snakes. Oh my know? goodness. Do they love They're... snakes? No, but that was just something that popped okay, up. Some because... may, some may, I don't know. My sister and I have been helping with these two Romanian boys, and they love snakes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, of all the animals, that is your favorite? Like, <laughs> But they love them. I don't know. I feel like if they saw one, though, they wouldn't like it. Because I took the younger one to the aquarium, and there was the eel. And uh-huh. he really wasn't that excited about it and kind of hesitant. So I'm like, maybe it's just hmm. the concept of it being like, I don't know. It could be. Yeah. But that's so cool. Yeah. And I just think reading is universal because even with them just being able to sit down and read, it's powerful. Like they love reading with me and I, I don't speak their language, but we can still kind of relate and look at the pictures and talk about what's happening even yeah. if I can't say everything to them. So I think that's cool. You talked about reading. Well, for first grade, that's one of the biggest goals <laughs> to that's get them cute. to read. So reading yeah. is big for us. <laughs> yes. I remember they used to have those uh, those commercials all the time that would say, reading is boring. And then I got zoo books. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> Do you remember those? Yes. <laughs> I used to try to sell those on commercials all the time. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's why I thought reading was boring for so long. Because you didn't get zoo books. Because I didn't get zoo books. No. And I think, too, I loved reading in the stage that you're in. But as I got older, it was something I I just equated with homework and test Mm -hmm. and school. And I didn't like it anymore. And so my sister's about to teach sixth grade English. And her goal is just to create a space where reading can be fun again and I think that's going to be really cool to see how she does that because 
you know, a lot of kids are slower at it. That that was my struggle is I was slower at it and I had a harder time mm-hmm. picturing what I was reading. So I'm glad that y'all encouraged that because maybe you can help some kids love it early on. Yes, we try. <laughs> well, that's sweet. Alongside of your life of being a teacher, you're a wife and you are married. Has it been two years Oh gosh. Uh, yes. It's been over two years. That's just really cool. Almost two and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ah, almost two and, two and a fourth. <laughs> two and a fourth. So two and a fourth. And some of our friends are pregnant or planning to have family soon. And I know that a couple months ago we had talked and you had shared about your struggle with just really desiring to be a mom and how you have the capability to be a mom now and you just really desire that, but it's also maybe not just God's time for you yet. Can you share with us just about maybe what's really helped you work through those feelings and those desires that are so natural that a lot of women have in wanting to be a mom, but it just not being the best time yet? Yeah. Um. So it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster for me. Sometimes I'm like, I need one right now. And sometimes <laughs> I'm like, no, I can wait. And so it's it's just a daily surrender to God, honestly. Um, and my husband and I, this this really helped. He <laughs> we we both have said that we want to wait, but like, of course the desire is there. So we both know it is not the right time right now for us to start trying to have a family, but we set two dates a year to like put everything on the table and discuss it again. Um, I think it's September and May. We said we would talk about it. So a few more days until October. (laughs) that's helped just kind of knowing that like we can talk about it and he's open to talking about it, but it limits me talking about it every single day to him because that just is draining for him. (laughs) Um, But so that has helped. And just kind of knowing that we are kind of on the same page as well. Like he wants a family, which is important. And that was something that we discussed before we got married, but he also said that we want to enjoy married life and see the world and kind of travel a little and spend time with family and spend time with each other and sp- spend time with our sweet little dog um, yeah. before we try having one. It's just that. So those have helped, but also just praying. I've been praying a lot that God would just kind of mute that desire or take it away from me um, until it is time. Mm-hmm. Um And it's not all the time, but there's just reminders of him being faithful. Like a lot of my friends have babies now and or are pregnant and it's so exciting for them. But of course you desire that. But the good thing is I get to be the fun one that holds the baby. And then when it cries, I just give it back to the mom. There you go. (laughs) That's been really healing for me as well. Just kind of knowing that a lot of friends that live around me are just like willing to let me hold and love on their baby because they know that I love them and I love that child and that um, I'm there for them. And so that's always sweet. So holding other people's babies has helped a lot too. (laughs) Baby therapy. Yes. You know, there is a job, I heard about it probably a year ago, but 
They were looking for people to go to the hospital to hold babies that I can't remember exactly, but there was something wrong with them and they needed just to be held. And so there was some type of job you could get paid to go to the hospital to hold these babies to help them develop better. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that would help me. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be like, I want to take one home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's sweet. One, I think it's a God-given desire and and something that you're just made to be a mom. And I know that you will be a great mom one day. Thank you. And so when the time comes, it'll come. But it's a realistic struggle. I mean, it's no different than me wanting to be married. And I think we just have to be in the season that we're in and embrace it for all that it is and recognize the feelings and not ignore them. Cause that was in a, when I've done that before, that's not healthy either. And so I love that y'all set the months that you talk about <laughs> it because it's like, okay, like this is not a lost cause. This is not something I'm going to be wondering about forever. We're going to talk about it in September. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it in May and, and it's going to be okay. And and just really praying to God and telling him, you know, I desire this, but also at the end of the day, I love that you said kind of like, like put this desire on pause, help me to really embrace the, you know, the students that I have, the mm-hmm. the honorary motherhood that I have to other people's kids and, and just running with that too. And not missing out on this season with your husband that, you, that you'll never have again. So yeah. That's, that's really sweet. That's a big one. We are just trying to cherish our moments now and spend time together and whenever I do want a baby I have to remind myself as well like well I wouldn't be able to sit on the couch and watch tv with him for a whole day or we wouldn't be able to just run out and go out to eat or um, we wouldn't be able to go to the movies like on a last minute whim and so just treasuring those little conveniences that I probably take for granted right right now um, yeah. is important too yeah so, so being thankful that's really yes. cool what would you say to someone who's just really feeling down about not being pregnant or just really wanting even if it's not a baby but just wanting the next thing what what would you say to them has been helpful to you to live in the now um I would just say prayer is so important and just turning to God because every small thing is not going to satisfy you. And this, I'm so bad at this, but just like, I, um, like I always wanted when I was younger, I wanted to go to college and then after college, I wanted to get married and I wanted to have a baby and then I'm going to want my baby to go to school. And then I'm going to, you know, like you always want the next thing. And then maybe you want another baby. And then it just, there's always those next stepping stones in our lives. Um, but just kind of just treasuring the, the now that you have is so important. Just knowing that no one or no thing that happens is going to fulfill that, that spot or hole in your heart that you think the next thing will fill. I found this with marriage, like my husband, Cody and He'll be okay with me saying this. Like, he's not going to be able to satisfy every single thing that I need every single moment of the day. Like, he is a wonderful husband, and he is so loving and caring to me and um, so, like, sweet and thoughtful. He's just not going to satisfy every single thing. 
because sometimes I just want to be hugged all day long. And yeah. He has to go to work, so, you know? Um, and so you, I just have to know that like God really is the only one that can satisfy me. And um, when I am not doing my devotions or not um, staying connected with God every day, that's usually when I find that I am most dissatisfied or when I compare myself to other people more like, Oh, they have this. I should have this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but just knowing that God is really the only one that can satisfy you so much easier said than done, but <laughs> yeah. that's constant, a constant thing that I need to remind myself of. Have you set any boundaries that have helped you not compare to other people's lives? I have tried to just be off social media more and just reminding myself and kind of having those conversations with Cody too, um, my husband saying like, Hey, I'm struggling or friends. Like I know I've talked to you, Emma, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm struggling with this. Like I need prayer because sometimes you just can't do it alone. And like, I'm struggling with comparing myself to this person or to people that are in this stage of life and I want it. Um, so, but just knowing that you have those people to stand by you and um, to pray with you and um, just turning back to God always is helpful. <laughs> so that's so good. I love it. And I think just being real with those around you when it is a struggle, because maybe friends don't know that whenever they're just, you know, bragging on their kid or you know, showing you a million pictures, maybe it's a bad day for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so if they're more aware of where you are, even if it's not in that moment, but just aware in life in general, then maybe people will be more sensitive. Cause I think it is good to know where people are so that, you know, okay, like this is something to be excited about, but, but let's also be careful. So we don't hurt people's feelings who aren't there yet and help them to feel special and noticed, even though, you know, they don't have a baby yet or they don't have a husband yet, or maybe they're divorced and just being sensitive to those things is really, I think, valuable for us to build on relationships with other people. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, I know that you talked about prayer a lot with (laughs) this situation. And I think prayer is something really beautiful that has grown in your life. And I've gotten to witness that. So I just wanted you to share a little bit about your journey in prayer, um, specifically, I know you probably prayed in your head, but but being a little more bold to pray out loud and mm-hmm. not be afraid to even lead others in a prayer group after a while and just seeing how far you've come with your confidence and not being afraid just to talk to God in public places. So would you tell our listeners about your journey with prayer? Sure. Um, okay, so I... Um, grew up in the north. <laughs> My family, we're all Christians, and um, I grew up in a very strong family of believers, and my grandparents are, and like my parents are, and so I've had lots of really great examples, but you know, like it's always weird if you pray with your mom. Oh, let me say a prayer. It's usually like, okay, dear God, thank you for this day. Amen. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's your mom, you know, when yeah. you're younger. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. We would mostly pray for meals together or like yeah. my mom would always pray for us before school, but I usually, I enjoyed her praying rather than me. So when I went to college, I was more of like a, I'll pray for you, but I'm going to pray in my head <laughs> type person because I, I was not used to praying out loud with others. And um, I just felt like that was more of God's in my time. And I was 
I was nervous, I guess, about other people hearing my prayers because mm-hmm. they're not like super eloquent. Um, I went to Liberty and it's a Christian school. And so like a lot of people have those very eloquent prayers and mine are more like discussions. With 12,000 um, scriptures inserted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And so Emma, you were big in my prayer life. Um, and I tell people about you all the time because mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful, but you, you really helped me kind of come out of my shell and start praying with other people. <laughs> and it was wonderful sharing that time with others and just coming together and praying for common things and for the school or for certain things going on in our lives. It <laughs> made me more comfortable praying with other friends and just being able to like stop where you are and actually pray for them with them instead of just saying, Oh, I'll pray for you and forgetting about it. Because I feel like that's um, something that a lot of people do myself included still um, Mm -hmm. because our lives are so busy. Um, I, I've found that I need to stop and pray with that person or stop that moment and pray for them in my head because I know then that I've prayed for them and it's on my mind and I pray for that as well. Just that I'll remember throughout the day and pray for these people. But yeah, so I guess I felt led then to my junior year, be a prayer leader. And so that was really huge and encouraging. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because you lead prayers in that for multiple people and um, you, you just kind of live life with these girls. And so that was super rewarding. Um, and now I am a transit leader, which is our middle school environment. So I have my coming up eighth graders. They they were seventh grade, but soon they'll be eighth graders. Wow. And I've been with them since sixth grade. And it's so wonderful just seeing how these girls are growing and seeing them being in a better place with prayer and just being able to encourage them like, hey, I was, I was there. I didn't want to pray in front of groups either, but like you can do it and I know it's cool how God uses our experiences to help others and um, to really help us relate to them as well. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about humanity too. Like one, we're so self-conscious that we're worried that our prayers to the Lord are going to be critiqued. (laughs) And then on the other side of that, we're so judgmental that like, we're critiquing other people's prayers, you know, like, yes. And I think it's just when we stop and just kind of step back and let people learn and give them grace and just allow everyone to pray as they are growing in their relationship with God and, and show them we're not expecting perfect prayers, then so many more people might feel more welcome and inclined to do so and not not feel put on the spot, but feel free to talk to God. And that's really what it is. And so I just think what you're going through, a lot of people have gone through. And I think about friends I have who are adults who just don't really pray out loud. And I think it's that whole, they feel like they're going to be judged because we've almost created this atmosphere that public prayer or praying just in front of one other person has to be some type of um, (laughs) huge uh, dialogue of big words and scripture and just, you know, mountains moving in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> of the prayer. And it's just, it doesn't have to be that. And I think that's where 
the authenticity comes is just talking to the Lord and letting other people talk to the Lord, how they would use their normal words. So what would you say to someone who's afraid to pray out loud? What are some basic steps that they can take to kind of push forward through that fear? I, um, well, I got over it by praying with one of my best friends. So, um, just finding someone that is there to like pray with you and to, you know, that's not going to judge you. And just that wants to lift things up to the Lord, um, with you is so important. And, um, a lot of my, um, small group girls that I am leading are, um, struggling kind of with knowing what to say and staying on task and things like that. And so we just have to always say like, look, it's a conversation and you just have to see it as that. You have to see it Mm -hmm. as a conversation with God because he, yes, he is high and mighty and all powerful, but he also is a God that wants to know you and you know him and have that relationship with you. And the only way you can get better at that is by talking to to him. Yes. um, That's been a big thing. It's just like knowing that it doesn't matter what you say. Our pastor recently did a sermon series on Samson and that's his name, right? And Delilah. Yes. I'm blanking. Sorry. I spelled it out in my head. Hey, all but you're keeping it that, real. There's a well, lot of characters. To so remember. all those people that spell things out in their head and then they're like, is that how it's actually said? <laughs> yep. That was me right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he was saying that in Judges, I think it was chapter 16 or 17, near the end, he prayed. Um, he was already blinded, but basically he praised God for who he was. And then he's like, let me take revenge on these people. <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, why would you pray that? You know, why would you pray to take revenge on the people that hurt you? Um, because that's not an eloquent prayer. But our pastor said, like, you know, this is a, this is, this should be encouraging because even though that's not something you typically would pray for, he did and God answered it. And so we don't need these perfect prayers and we don't even need to sometimes be praying for the right things, but God's going to hear us regardless. And it's a conversation and he has some answers and it could be a yes, it could be a no, um, but yeah. Or my favorite, so. wait. <laughs> yes. Wait. Or maybe not now. It's like, yeah. And so. and I like that too, because I think we do get worried sometimes that what we're saying, oh, but you know, I don't want to change your plan. Like that will be done. But the Lord is the Lord and we trust that he's sovereign. And we also trust that he knows that we're human and he wants to hear from us. And, and you look at the Psalms even of David crying out and Samson right there. I think we can't, we can be our biggest barrier in prayer because we think we have to say the right things when really we just need to come and be real with God. And Mm -hmm. it says in scripture that the Holy Spirit will translate for us to the Lord. And so just believing that if we say something really stupid (laughs) or ask for something that's really, really, you know, just not in our right minds in the moment, like the Holy Spirit translates for us and God knows us and he knows everything that we're thinking and praying. And I think there's just a comfort in that, that we can 
fully come and be our authentic selves. Yes. Well, Jen, we are headed to the end of our show, and I'm so glad you were here with us today. Before we close, we love to do something here at the Shadow Show where we shed light on someone and something. Who is someone you would like to shed light on? Um, Okay, I'm going to talk in generals right now. So for all you people listening, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my friends that embodies some of these qualities. And then I want you to try to find someone in your life that you can write a note to or give a shout out to or just say, hey, like I'm shooting you a text because I just really appreciate these things about you. I have a friend that is so selfless and caring and constantly is making people feel so special all the time, regardless of anything. Money's not an issue. Time's not an issue. How that person feels and making them feel special is top priority all the time. And I just so appreciate that. And even if it's not directed at me, it is so sweet seeing other people love on other people. And so um, my friend is Emma, <laughs> but truly I've seen that in you, especially this past week. And when I was getting married, it was so sweet her planning all of my, my events. Cause she was my maid of honor and just those people that will do anything for you and drop anything, just send them a text or you make me cry. Oh, don't cry. <laughs> Shout out to you, Emma, but, um, to all you listeners, I, I love words of affirmation. It's so sweet getting some of those random texts that show appreciation for who you are. So think of someone that does that for you. <laughs> You're the letters girl too. I am. I and I'll share this while we're, while we're on the air, so to speak. Jen writes letters to everyone. <laughs> and when we were freshmen in college, we had a dorm on the first floor. And she got a whole gallon of ice cream through the window from this guy that she was not interested in that way. (laughs) And she was writing a note. And I said, Jen, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm writing him a thank you note. And I said, what? (laughs) And she said that, you know, she wanted to write him a thank you note because it was so nice that he did that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's going to send the wrong message. So I kind (laughs) of had to teach Jen to be a little bit mean. (laughs) It was, it was terrifying and awful, (laughs) but she did it. (laughs) But she wrote notes to everyone and she's so good at that. So I want to thank you for being such an encourager and using your words so wisely. So thanks for sharing that tip. I want to be more like you. Thank you. All right. And then what is something that you are loving right now that you want to shed light on? Okay. So my mother-in-law is amazing. And she, for my birthday, I am like a penny pincher and I like refuse to spend money on stuff. It's so amazing. Because I have married my husband who is a mega penny pincher. And it's like, no, we can get something cheaper. Anyway, my mother-in-law got me the Philosophy Purity 3-in-1 cleanser. It's like their their normal like face wash. And yeah. it is amazing. And then really? Yes. And then how much is it? $25. But it's what? a really big container. And That's it? it? Yes. And like you don't even go through it quick. You take like a dime size and it goes on your face and it's amazing. And then I got the moisturizer this past week because I've been loving the cleanser, which is also $25. It is oh, a smaller my container, 
but I like love moisturizer. It's a lot less than I'm paying right now for for facial cleansing and and skincare. It is amazing. I will show you my face when we see each other. I want to see it and I want to try it. Yes. It is wonderful. And so the moisturizer, um, there's different moisturizers. I just got the basic one. I've always had nice skin. It's not super sensitive, but it like after I wash it, it would get like red and splotchy just because of the chemicals, I'm sure, that I put on my face from my $3 (laughs) grocery store cleanser (laughs) because I am a cheapo. And um, this one, it makes my skin feel fresher and it feels more dewy and it doesn't feel like I've stripped every single oil out of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's relaxing and the scent is very nice. It's like a clean scent. Um, so shout out to my mother-in-law who is amazing and bought that for me. So she uses it. And I was like, you have amazing skin. Please tell me all your secrets. Yes. So thank you for sharing. That was hers. Yes. I'm You're welcome. I'll, I'll have to include a link. Yes. Oh, I'm excited to try them. Well, thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us this week and kind of just giving us a peek into the life of being a teacher and what it looks like to really trust the Lord in this season and grow in your prayer life and being a dog mom. All of this is so great. I just love you so much and I will see you soon. And thank you for being on the shadow show. Thank you for having me, Emma. I'm so honored that I was able to come on. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jen. Our Bible Verse Club verse of the week is in honor of Jen, and it's simply 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Simply practice memorizing this verse throughout the week, and hopefully by next time we're together, we will all have one more scripture hidden in our hearts. If you are loving The Shadow Show, go ahead and hit subscribe today. You'll receive one brand new episode a week. And while you're at it, head on over to the review section and leave five stars and or a comment so that other listeners will discover this show. Thank you for joining us on The Shadow Show today where we shed light on the everyday woman. Next week, join me as I have the privilege of interviewing the founder of Beauty and the Brambles, Alex Robinson. She will share about her experience starting a nonprofit moving to a new city, and of course, I'm going to get all the details on her incredible style. As always, have a wonderful week. This has been Emma Danzi on The Shadow Show.